Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast, where we take your questions from Sunday's teachings in order to form a dialogue about the scriptures and what God is teaching each and every one of us. Well, welcome everybody to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. As we uh, as we bring this thing back to life here, we've got our our first episode uh, this this morning here, Sunday, September fifth. We jumped into our fall teaching series through the Book of Acts, and we looked at Acts chapter one, verses one through five. And so we've got some questions here, and uh, and I'm joined by by Joseph Scarfone, who is our our new pastor of discipleship. So, Joseph, introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, it's a great pleasure to be here. Uh, we recently moved from Raleigh, North Carolina. And when I say me, I mean my wife and five children. And I soon to be... Soon to be six. That's it, yeah. That's right. So we have a bunch of littles. We look like a parade walking through the church. That's awesome. And you'll see we have a, a 10-year-old. Happy birthday tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, a seven, a five, a three, a two... And my wife will have our baby in October. Yeah. So we're excited to be here. Uh, grateful to, to be part of a thriving church body and see what God will do in and through us. Amen, man. Well, we're excited that you guys, that you're here and get to call Ames home for the next season. The Lord has you, has you here for and join us in, in gospel ministry. Well, this morning, uh, as we as we dove into the opening of Acts, it really is the first five verses are the uh, are is Luke's introduction to his. As we said, it's it's the introduction to the second volume of this two part series, right? The gospel that introduces us and teaches us all about who Jesus is, and then and then Acts as we as we walk through it, Luke is is recording the history of the early church. That's right. And he's recording the history of what really what happens when we follow Jesus. And we're going to see some amazing stories as we, as we, as we journey through this book and some, I mean, just some unreal things. Uh, I mean, in, in, in chapter nine there with Paul's conversion, right? the road to Damascus, the road to Damascus, right. this guy who is literally breathing hate on the church. Right. He's persecuting. He's, if he hasn't murdered Christians with his own hands, we know uh, we're told that he has at least ordered the executions uh, of early Christians and potentially even Stephen himself. We're going to see that, but we see Paul dramatically come to Christ and then, and then, and then go on, I mean, missionary journeys where he's, he's winning, uh, you know, cities and towns and, and planting churches. And, and so we're going to see, we're going to see some amazing things happen in the book of Acts. Um, but Luke opens up his, his introduction to Acts, uh, about this, this work that is going on in and through Jesus by reminding us of this really key point here this morning that we saw that, that as Christians, we're not called to follow Jesus on our own strength. And, um, and so I think one of the, one of the questions that we got here, I think it's a really good and honest question. It, it says this, uh, what can we do to remember that the Holy Spirit is with us in times of struggle or feeling alone? Uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to, to know something that's true and it's a different thing to kind of feel uh, that is true. I mean, Joseph, for you, as you think of the role of the Holy Spirit in your life as one who encourages you, leads you to truth, reveals truth to you, convicts you of sin, you know, when you're feeling, maybe I, I think this question is asking, you know, when we're, when we're struggling, feeling alone or, or just feeling distant from God, how do you recognize that the spirit is still in you and active in your life? Yeah, I think it just goes back to remembering who God is and how he loves us and just always going back to the character of God and his promises. 
that he's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. He's not going to abandon us. And we have this down payment. We have the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And that's a, that's a forever thing. So for me, it's just remembering who he is and constantly yeah. going back to that. Yeah. I love that. The word you use there is down payment. And I mean, we, 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 I noted it this morning in the sermon, but in first John, John literally tells us that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our salvation. It literally is that it's the down payment. It's that, that God is going to make good on his promise. Right. right. So, you know, um, you've got a mortgage, I've got a mortgage or, or maybe you're renting an apartment, right? You've, you've made a, you've made a pledge, you know, if you deposit a deposit, That's right. <laughs> you know, uh, right. First month down yep. and then, and then, uh, and then rent after that, or, or you've put down three and a half or, or 15 or 20% on a house to buy a house. You've put down, you know, a, a pledge, a down payment to say, I'm good for it. And that is literally what God does with the Holy Spirit. Right? That's, what, that's what John reminds us there is that he's he's put a down payment in our life to remind us that he's he's good for it. He's good to save us and redeem us and reconcile us. And I think one of the reminders you already brought up was conviction. I think in my mm. own life of just this constant reminder of being convicted of sin because before Christ, I had no conviction of sin. Yeah. And I'm reminded that the Holy Spirit is with me through that conviction. So although yeah. being convicted of sin doesn't feel good while it's happening— it is assuring to know that God is still with us through all that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So even when even when those things again, maybe I'm feeling I'm feeling distant or I'm feeling I'm I'm struggling in my relationship with God. I'm in a valley, I'm in a dry place, right? It doesn't feel doesn't feel vibrant or lush, you know. But it is that con- those convictions of oh, something's not right, something you know, and it is that it is that the spirit is even working in us That's or right. drawing drawing things out of us. I think the other thing here is I was thinking about it, the rea- you know, part of it is we're also not called, just as much as the Spirit, God has given us the Spirit to remind us that we're not alone, we're also not called to literally walk alone, right? We're called to be in community. We we read, you know, in, in Romans chapter 12 this morning, uh, Paul says, I mean, Paul tells us that that we are given these gifts by the Spirit uh, to, to serve God and to care for one another. And one of those gifts is encouragement, you That's know? Right. And so... You know, for me personally, there's been moments in my life where I'm, where I'm dry or where I'm struggling and, or I feel distant or even just depressed, you know, and God will use people in a timely manner to encourage and to come alongside of me. Um, you know, my wife is one of those people (laughs) that often does that, but also my, uh, my best friend from seminary, um, his name is Brandon. He lives in Illinois. He's a pastor. We don't talk all that often. Uh, but I can I can I can think of more than one occasion where Brandon has randomly sent me a text message to just simply encourage me, and it has come at a time and a point where I needed that encouragement, and, and so so it, it it's this training and reminding myself that 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 Brandon didn't just randomly send that right. It's not it's not this benevolent universe, yeah, <laughs> right? That's right? This this benevolent universe random force that prompted Brandon uh, to to send me a text message. It is it is it is literally the spirit of God that is prompting Brandon to be an encourager at that moment to me. And Brandon doesn't even necessarily know what's going on, right? But he's just sending a message and and said, hey, I'm praying for you. You know, you're doing good gospel work or, or whatever those things are that he might say. And so so as I'm in that moment going, okay, God's spirit has prompted someone to reach out to me 
it is the, the spirit's living, the spirit's active. God is drawing near to me. I'm not alone in this thing. Have you ever had an experience like that? Yeah, and I think the the idea of being in community is pretty important where you think maybe you need to hear that encouragement, but as God is impressing upon the spirit of someone else to give the encouragement. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, like you said earlier, our wives are a big part of our ministry and a big part of encouragement. But yeah, just having situations where you feel like I just I just can't go through the day uh, the yeah. way things are and then within a short period of time whether it's through a phone call or just a, a a message of of encouragement, that definitely helps. Yeah, yeah, I you amen to that. And uh, I think there's just one other way that that when I feel distant from God or I'm I'm lonely or struggling, as this question asks, it's going back to to Luke's word here. This this proof, right? Jesus wanted to give them proof of the resurrection that that he can deliver on his promise of new life. Again, John, in, in, in John's letter, First John, we heard him say, you've heard it, you've seen it, you've touched it. You can know that it's true, this truth of Jesus, the resurrection, the power of new life. And I think, I think even it's important for us, you know, to have those voices of community. Um, but it's also important for us to go back and to trace how we've grown. Yeah, right? So when we, we're feeling distant or when we feel like God isn't walking with us, he's, he's not alongside of us, it's important to go back and to say, well, how have we heard him in the past? How have we seen him? How have we experienced him? Um, well, how has he changed my life? You right. know, and because that's that is the work of the Spirit in us, and we can we can trace those things. Yeah, I have a, a rule that I like to use, and uh, I call it the reflection game, where I like to go mm. back and reflect on life. We do it with our family. Cool. Uh, but what I try to do is go back a month, two months, three months and see where God was working in my life and then even take it back six months in a year. And as we're walking with the spirit and God is growing us and transforming us, we should see growth. It may not be huge monumental growth, but there should be some trajectory toward Christ likeness. And that's what the Holy spirit does. Yeah. uh, Like the way that I like to say it is that we, you know, we're increasing it degree by degree. You know, it's not, we're not taking these massive steps. That's right. And sometimes we do. Sometimes in God's grace and his sovereignty, we get to take massive steps of growth. But a lot of times it's just this slow plodding work in the same direction of following Jesus. That's right. I call it incrementalism. Just yeah. one little bit at a time. Yeah. Day yeah. by day. Well, that, I, that was such a good question, I think, because the reality is that all of us, none of us stay on the mountaintop, <laughs> you know, no. we, we all go through the valleys and we all struggle and it's important to, I love that playing the reflection game. Listen to the voices of, of, of godly people that God has put in your life. They're not there randomly. That's the right. spirit's moving. And, and then just and then just even, you know, uh, looking back on our own on our, our our own lives as we reflect. Well, this next question here, this is a big one. Uh, it says, uh, why did God give us free will knowing that we would be sinners? That is the multi-million dollar theological question that the church uh, has been wrestling with for, you know, like 10 minutes. Yeah, it's been around for a little while. Or uh, a couple thousand years. Yeah, here. that's a very common uh, question. A lot of people want to know the answer, and it's not easy, and it's quite complicated. Yeah. So here we are. We're going to tackle it in the next 45 seconds. Yeah, right? next 45 seconds, uh, Joseph is going to answer this this one. It's a great question, though, because why does God why does God give us free will? Why does God give us the the ability or the uh, or some sense of the ability to choose our own direction our own path when he, in that that includes life apart from him 
if he knows that life apart from him is not is not good. Um, and so, so yeah, and Joseph, I mean, as you've, you've, you've obviously, you've wrestled, you've thought through this question, what, what, walk us through it a little bit as you think through it. Yeah, I think part of it, it goes back to the character of God and what we're doing is understanding that he's allowing something isn't mean, doesn't mean that he's decreeing something. Mm, uh, just yeah. because it's something that can happen doesn't mean that's the way that he meant it to happen. So whenever you go back to how sin entered the world, it it wasn't that he wanted it to happen. He knew it was going to happen because he's omniscient, but at the same time, he didn't want that to be the plan. So yeah. whenever we're talking about this situation with, with our lives, we need to understand who we are in our character, but also who he is in his character. So there's this tension that, that gets resolved by understanding who God is. Yeah, you're, you're right. Just because he allows something doesn't mean that he decrees it or causes That's it, right? right? That's right. That can actually get us into some really a real theological pickle. (laughs) (laughs) If just because God allows something doesn't mean that he causes it. And if he does cause it, right. And if he causes something like sin, well, now he's caused evil. And if he's caused evil, well, now we're, where John tells us that in him is light and there's no darkness at all. Well, now we're in a real, a real tough place. It's a contradiction of his character. Yeah. And, And so we know that God has no contradiction of his character. And I think, I think as you, as you, Joseph, as you said, right, he allows it, um, but he doesn't, he doesn't decree it. Instead, I think what we see in the picture of Genesis, right? We see he creates Adam, he creates every, everything else. And then he creates Adam and he gives Adam a job, right? To go name the animals. And, right. and, and when Adam gets done naming the animals, he sees that there's none like him. Well, God causes him to take a nap. And then there's this beautiful poem in Hebrew, which yeah. is a really awkward poem in, in English. Sure. Uh, but Adam wakes up to see Eve and he says, you know, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, right? This is this... Adam is, Adam is, he has learned, he has experienced that there was none like him. And yet God in his grace and in his love and in his, his, his mercy and his sovereignty has given Adam one like him. That's right. You know, it's just this beautiful moment. And then, and then God, you know, tells him that, you know, Eve will be a helpmate. And there's this beautiful Hebrew idea here in helpmate that Eve is to help Adam is the way that Yahweh is to help his people. God helps his people. And the only other time it's referred to in the Old Testament is, is for, I mean, Yahweh, sure. you know. And so there's this beautiful, this beautiful moment that happens there. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's like God wants Adam and Eve, he wants them to learn and to remember his faithfulness, you know, as, right. as they're walking in the garden and the tree's there. And I think the tree has to be there because love isn't love without a choice. That's right. You know, so you and I have kids. Um, and so we, we know this in our own relationships, we can't force someone to love us. It's impossible. And, and so God is the same way. And so he's not here to force us to love him, but he wants us to love him out of the bounty of his goodness. And so he seeks to show it to us over and over again, even in the, even before the fall, he sought to show Adam and Eve his trustworthiness, his faithfulness, his generosity, all of those things that should have made them when they walk past a tree. And we don't know how many times they walk past a tree and said, nope, God is good. We don't need that. But that we know the one time that they walked past a tree and said, you know what? We are good and we are going to do it on our own. And so, um, so yeah, so why did God give us free will? I think part of it is, is just, you know, what you said, Joseph, is it's, it's in the nature of his character, right? To, to not force, um, and it's in the nature of his character to redeem and to create and to and to do and, and to give us to give us new life. Um, but it's also just because it happened does not mean that he caused it to That's happen. Right. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. So I don't, did we answer that question? I think we did. <laughs> I mean, it could go, it's, it's been much deeper. It can go much deeper to, yeah. I mean, the, the, the rea- or the philosophical question of, of freedom and, and what is free will and, uh, do we actually have free will and, and all these kind of things? But, but I think God, God causes us. I think what we see in the scriptures over and over again is that God, God is the one who reaches out to us. Just as we said this morning, in the sermon, this, this parakletos, this crying out, this advocacy of the spirit. If it's not for the spirit, we don't understand the gospel. If it's not for the spirit, we won't understand truth. So it's, it's God's initiating work towards each and every one of us. And somehow in his grace and his majesty and his sovereignty, he allows us to respond to him and, uh, and experience the fullness of life. I, you know, it's a, it's a big question. It is a big question. I think it would take years and years to truly process. Yeah. Yeah. But what we do know is that God is a, is a good God. And, uh, and he, he draws us back to himself in spite of a world that betrayed him and turned their back on him. He didn't stop at that. He could have, he could have removed himself and said, I'm done with you. Uh, you know, I gave you everything you needed and you still didn't listen to me. Uh, instead of that, he goes, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue you and I'm going to make a way. And then the promise of revelation 21, 22, in the end, I will fix all that's broken. I Amen. will, I will restore all things once and for all and have victory over sin and death. Uh, finally, that's a beautiful promise. That is a wonderful promise. Yeah. Well, let's see here. Uh, there's another another good question here on the Holy Spirit. As we talked this morning, we talked about how uh, the whole we have that we are filled with the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had access to in the incarnation. And Jesus uh, he models for us a life of dependency on the Holy Spirit. Um, Joseph, for you, what does dependency on the Holy Spirit look like? You know, as you kind of walk through your day or walk through your life, how do you depend on the Spirit? Yeah, it's going to sound cliche, but it's true. It's everything in life comes back to God. It's really this idea of submitting everything to Christ and mm. living fully dependent uh, in, in every aspect. It's being mindful of the things that are going on in life and using those as opportunities to glorify him. Even something as simple right now as having the ability to speak. That's uh, yeah. being grateful being thankful and living dependent upon the spirit is just being mindful that he is present. He is with us and that I can't do anything in my own spirit. Yeah. It's all with him. Yeah. I, you know, I love that. I love that being, being dependent on him, that it's all in him. Right. I don't know about you, but I'm a pretty uh, driver kind of guy. (laughs) So when I wake up, I've got a plan for the day. And I think one of the ways that I've grown to be dependent on the spirit is just to submit my day to him. Right. Uh, to say to the Father, you know, would you lead me by your Spirit today? You have people you want me to run into. You have appointments for me today. Would That's you right. help me to be available to those those people and those appointments throughout this day? I don't know what they are. I know what I want to accomplish today. Sure. But that's not necessarily what, what you want me to accomplish today. And so just being dependent on the Spirit to, to lead me into those those areas I even for my family, you know, as a young dad with, with three rambunctious kids and a job that often, you know, I, I get the, the, the joy of, of pastoring, which means I get to interact with a lot of people throughout the day. Oh, yeah. Sometimes that can leave me depleted, but when I get home, my kids need me, right? And my wife has been there all day with them. She's homeschooling and 
putting up with the the, the three the, the three rambunctious children that uh, inherited all the worst parts of my personality. The best parts, right? Uh, <laughs> depends on the day. <laughs> but but it would be easy for me to say, "Hey, kids, I'm exhausted." Yeah, you know. And I had a mentor in my life that one time he challenged me and just said. Just ask God for the strength. Ask God's spirit to fill you and give you strength for that, right? Where we can, I was like, oh, yep, I should be doing that, shouldn't I? To give my family what they need. And uh, and I can't do it on my own, but if I, I can depend on the spirit and I can I can promise you, I mean, there that doesn't mean I'm like live and full of energy, sure. but it, it helps me to increase in patience and grace and, 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 and see below the waterline with my kids, you know, in those moments when I don't have enough to give to them. Yeah. And I think a practical way to really be saturated with the spirit is just prayer, just to be yeah. in communion, starting your day in prayer as you wake up before you even leave the bed, just start in prayer. You talked about moments that could be a little challenging when, you know, you had a difficult day yeah. but before you even open the door or when you're in the car on the way home, just making sure that's a time of prayer, communing with God. Yeah. Yeah, right. Don't not just turn on the music or the next podcast or or the news radio or whatever it is, but just taking that moment to to hand that back over to the Lord and and allow to say, you know, uh, Holy Spirit, <laughs> you know, uh, you work, you you reign, you you give me the strength, or or even just the peace. You know, I'm I'm really worked up. Sure, I'm really guide. anxious. Whatever it is, yeah, it's an yeah. opportunity to be. Uh, for the Holy Spirit to guide us through a difficult situation. So whenever we're submitting mm. and we're prayerful, we're mindful, we know that that's one of the, the works of the Holy Spirit is to, yeah. to give us answers and to guide us. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, this question also says, I mean, they, they said, um, again, the great point that the Holy Spirit is the same in us, right? We have the same access to the same Spirit uh, the same Holy Spirit that filled Jesus and dwelled Jesus, uh, that Jesus depend upon in his earthly ministry. But the reality is that you and I aren't Jesus. That's right. <laughs> good news. Yes, right? that is good news. Uh, we do not have to be the saviors of all mankind. No. Um, and so so how do you, Joseph, as you think through, because this is a complicated idea, right? Jesus is fully God, fully man. In him is we hear in Philippians and we hear in Hebrews, we hear in Colossians, right? He is, there is none like him. He is preeminent. He is Sorry. before all things. He is in all things. All things have been made through him. He's the creator of all things. He is also a uh, very God and he has humbled himself as, as in Philippians we hear he's humbled himself to take on our form, human form, uh, to, to, to come and to reconcile us, right? Yes. And so um, you and I have never been very God. That's right. <laughs> we have never been fully God. No. We have never been partially God. Not even a little. Not even a little bit. And um, But we still have access to the same spirit. So how do we understand that, you know, while we have access to the same spirit, that doesn't mean that we're called to do what Jesus did. We're called to be like Jesus. What's the difference in that? I think that a lot of times in our mind, we try to get to the end result and we're looking for perfection. Mm, and I believe yeah. that that's the hangup is that Jesus lived everything perfectly and we yeah. know that we can't. So we keep trying to strive for this perfection that's an impossibility. So there's this yeah. tension. So it's not really the perfection of our life. It's the direction of our life. It's mm. really continuously becoming more like him becoming more like Christ through the spirit where we're yeah. just surrendering who we are to let the spirit work in through us. Yeah. I love that. It's not the perfection of our life. It's the direction, the way that we've, I mean, you, you know it and the way that we say it around here is we follow Jesus in a life defining way. That's right. You know? And so really what we're talking about here is discipleship. That's right. And discipleship literally means, disciple literally means to follow 
And, uh, and there's this beautiful picture in the New Testament that we understand that in discipleship actually wasn't an abnormal thing no. in the first century. It's a very normal thing. And so when Jesus invites the, the disciples to follow him, that's a very normal first century invitation. And what it literally means is Jesus is inviting this group of believers to pattern their lives after his life. That's right. And so, um, so like you said, it's not just the, it's not the perfection of our life because we're never going to be perfect on this side of heaven. Paul says we see through a, a mirror dimly, 1 Corinthians 13. But when perfection's, perfection comes, when Jesus comes back, right. we will see perfectly, right? And so, um, so I, I love what you just said, is that it's not the perfection of our life, it's the direction of our life. So we as believers are not called to be Jesus. We are called to be like Jesus, which means we are trying to put on his characteristics and his priorities more and more every day. Bad news is you and I can't do that on our own. No, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Good news is God indwells us with the very same spirit that led, encouraged, reminded Jesus of who he was and the mission that he was on. That very same spirit fills and lives within us to remind us uh, to keep following Jesus and to bring back, just as he said, uh, in just as as uh, just Jesus said, we'll bring back to memory everything that I've taught you. That's right. And, and everything I've taught you and everything that I've showed to you, uh, the Spirit will bring back to us as we're as we're following Jesus. So that's some good news. That's encouraging. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to be Jesus. No, because we can't. That's right. Uh, and, and in Jesus, there's this beautiful divine mystery of being fully God and fully man. We see all of all of the Father in Him. And he is our model for living, 1 John 2, 6. That's right. uh, but at the same time, as we yearn to follow Jesus and pattern our lives after him, God fills us with his spirit to equip us, strengthen us, encourage us, remind us, teach us, all those things, uh, so that we can be like Jesus, not be Jesus. That's right. And he grows us and allows us to become more and more like him every day. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of, and also it comes back, you know, as we said earlier about just about being in community, That's right. right? We don't just do that alone. God's spirits in us, uh, but we also needed, we also need each other, right? God, Jesus models the priority of relationship. Uh, as he draws near to the to the guys and to the disciples, he he models for us that pattern of of being together as we're striving for Jesus together. Paul models that, right? He's he's raising up leaders and handing them off, and uh, and so we need to we need to be together uh, on that journey as well. So. Well, Joseph, thanks for joining me, man. Absolutely. Uh, this was these are some really really good questions uh, about about following Jesus and about the Holy Spirit. We're going to continue here next week as we dive into uh, the second portion of the part, first part of Acts, and what we're going to see is that again, as we said this morning, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is actually to enable believers to share the gospel. Because if the resurrection really did make a difference in our lives, then we shouldn't want to we shouldn't want to keep that to ourselves. We need to go and tell. Amen. Amen. So make sure you join us for part two here of our Acts series this coming Sunday, Sunday, September 12th. And, uh, and we uh, will see you. We'll see you at church on Sunday. We'll see you.